You're listening to Berkeley Voices. I'm Ann Bryce. A lot of us might remember Smokey Bear. He was that serious cartoon bear wearing a pair of blue jeans with a belt buckle and a hat that read Smokey. He was in PSAs everywhere, on posters, on TV, and on the radio, saying his unforgettable slogan. Remember, only you can prevent forest fires. Created by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council in the 1940s, Smokey Bear was the symbol of responsibility. I remember when I was eight, I met someone dressed as Smokey Bear on a class field trip. And I left this meeting having learned something that would stick with me for a long time. That fire was the enemy, something that should be suppressed, extinguished, and definitely not allowed to run rampant through our precious forests. But Smokey Bear, we now know, wasn't giving us the full picture. A new report from UC Berkeley has shown that allowing certain wildfires to burn can have a lot of benefit to the ecology of a forest and for the humans and wildlife that depend on forest resources. My colleague at Berkeley News, Kara Mankey, spoke with the senior author of the report, Scott Stevens. He's a professor of environmental science, policy, and management at UC Berkeley and co-director of Berkeley Forests. Hi, Kara. Welcome to Berkeley Voices. Hi, Anne. It's great to be here. So, Kara, can you start by talking about this report and what Scott Stevens and his team found? Yeah, certainly. So, for many years now, Scott Stevens has been leading research in a watershed in Yosemite National Park called the Illouette Creek Basin. And what makes Illouette unique is that since the early 1970s, forest managers have had a policy of trying to let lightning fires burn pretty much as they naturally would, trying to keep a close eye on them, but not putting them out unless they absolutely have to. And as a result, they've created this patch of forest, it's about 60 square miles, that has become almost like a natural laboratory for forest ecologists who want to better understand the interaction between wildfire and forest ecosystems. Here's how Stevens describes the Illouette Creek Basin today. I mean, it really is a place that shows tremendous change, variability, tree death, tree regeneration, meadows, areas also with big trees, there's a lot of big trees out there. So I think it's really what the Sierra Nevada was. Mm-hmm. you know, 200 years ago. What were the forests like in the Sierra Nevada back then? Um, we don't know exactly what the forests of the Sierra Nevada looked like 200 years ago, but we do know that there used to be a lot more fire. Lightning would regularly start fires that would burn parts of the forest, and also a number of Native American tribes would light fires to help with hunting and to encourage biodiversity. However, with the arrival of European colonists in the late 1800s, fire really came to be seen as the enemy. And when the U.S. Forest Service was created in 1905, one of its main missions was fire suppression. And as a result, many of the forests in the western U.S., including in the Sierra Nevada, are now very dense and have this almost wall-to-wall tree cover. We look at forests with an eye that they all need to be green all the time, and they're all made with big trees. It turns out no forest can do that, right? You have to regenerate it. You have to get young trees and allow it to regenerate. So Illowet's doing that.
We are in the middle of wildfire season, and we've already seen several catastrophic fires, like the month-old Dixie Fire in California, which is now the largest fire in the U.S. It's destroyed more than a thousand homes and businesses, and it isn't even close to being contained. Many people are saying that these fires are happening mostly because of climate change, but Stephen says it's more complicated than that, that it has to do more with the state of our forests. Can you explain what he means by that? Yeah. So one of the most interesting things that Stephen said is that he thinks this hotter, drier weather that we're seeing as a result of climate change is actually only about 20 to 25 percent responsible for the recent increases in catastrophic wildfires in California. He thinks the rest is actually due to the structure of our forests, basically the way that more than a century of fire suppression and practices of timber harvesting have allowed so much excess fuel to build up. Illouette provides evidence of this, he says, because even though the region has also been affected by climate change, just like everywhere else in the Sierras, the severity of the fires that they are seeing in Illouette have stayed the same. Do they know why wildfires haven't been getting any more severe in Illouette? Yeah, so one reason for this fire resilience might be that patches of grassland and wet meadow that are created by recent burns um, can actually form natural barriers that prevent the spread of future fires. Another really interesting discovery that they've made is that perhaps counterintuitively, frequent fire has actually increased the amount of water that is available in the Illouette Basin, and it may have also helped trees in the forest survive during recent droughts. And the thing that just sparked my interest, the Hoover Fire 2001 burned in Illouette, it's a pretty big one. So we had actually had some plots in an area previous to the Hoover Fire. So we went out afterwards to find them and just do some measurements. And I remember walking in that place. I'd walked out there before. It's a very typical logical pine forest, you know, kind of big trees, you know, very little understory, you know, dry, dry ground. But when I walked out there after the Hoover fire, probably around 2003 or something like that, all of a sudden I'm walking in six inches of water. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, what the heck happened here? This is really remarkable. So what the heck did happen? How could wildfire create water? Yeah, so Stevens actually enlisted the help of a number of hydrologists, including many at UC Berkeley. And what they found from a combination of measurements on the ground in Illouette and also hydrological simulations is there are likely two major factors at play. The first is that With fewer trees, there's simply less demand for water. Um, And the second is that these small gaps in the forest canopy that are created by wildfires actually allow more rain and snow to reach the ground and be absorbed by the soil. So, Kara, it sounds like there are a lot of benefits to letting wildfires burn in forests. Are Are we trying to do this outside of Illouette anywhere? Yeah, so I think there is a growing recognition that reintroducing fire to these forest ecosystems is more important than ever. But in a lot of ways, we've also now created the situation in which it's riskier than ever as well. With this increase in heat waves and droughts that we've seen, paired with these really dense forests that are full of fuel, it's now even more difficult to control these fires once they start, which is what we're now seeing with these massive fires like the Dixie Fire. 
And in early August, because of some of these concerns, the U.S. Forest Service actually changed its guidelines, now telling firefighters that for now they must put out every fire as quickly as possible. And Stephen says that they will evaluate this new policy next year. Ah, are are there any other less risky ways to to help our forest be more resilient to fire um, without letting fires burn? Like, is there anything that we can do beforehand to kind of prep them in some way? Yeah, luckily, letting these natural lightning fires burn isn't the only tool we have for shaping our forest ecosystems. Stevens advocates for more aggressive prescribed burning, which is basically going in and deliberately lighting fires during low risk times. So this is often in the late fall, winter or spring and letting those fires clear out some of this underbrush and built up fuel. A similar option is called restoration thinning, and that's where you basically go in with machines and set a fire to take out some of the underbrush and some of the extra trees, and focusing on vegetation that you want to keep. These types of modifications on their own can really help the ecology of the forest, and they can also serve as tools to help make the forest safer to allow more natural lightning fires to burn as well. You know, it's been 50 years, you know, and But what we've learned there just, I think, helps us understand what is possible. We can't just allow wildfire to manage our landscapes. That's crazy. I think we had 10 to 20 years to actually change trajectory of forest and ecosystems in the state. If we don't change it in 10 or 20 years, the forest ecosystems are going to change right in front of our eyes. And we're just going to be passengers. So that's, that's why it's so important and earnest to start to do work like this. So Kara, you also talked with Stevens about a project that he and his team started this summer um, working with the Amamutsin Tribal Band in the Santa Cruz Mountains. And they're working with the tribe to restore their cultural fire regimes. Can you talk about what this partnership looks like and um, what they're hoping to accomplish with it? Yeah, so there's been a growing recognition that the cultural burning practices of the indigenous people of California really had a lot of benefits for forest ecosystems. And so when it comes to land management, it's really important not just to implement the prescribed burning and restoration thinning that researchers are exploring, but also work with Indigenous people so that they can resume some of these important cultural practices that involve fire. Incredible. Kara, thanks so much for joining me on Berkeley Voices. Of course. Thanks for having me. Kara Menke is a science and health writer for Berkeley News and the Office of Communications and Public Affairs at UC Berkeley. You can read her story about restoring wildfire in Yosemite and see more photos on news.berkeley.edu. I'm Ann Bryce, and this is Berkeley Voices. Subscribe and give us a rating on Acast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Look for new episodes every other Friday.